Hello. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Ascension Pathway. I'm so grateful we're joining together for this holy purpose. So grateful to have this beautiful community to connect into and to be with. So thank you. Thank you for your yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So let us join together in prayer, in deep gratitude, and open our hearts and minds to our true identity. So we're taking this breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful to remember ourselves as we truly are. So grateful to consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to recognize our true identity is the only identity. It is the I am that I am. It is our expanded nature. It is the higher Holy Spirit self. And we are opening ourselves to be led and guided, directed, led and fed by the I am presence, by the true nature of our being, giving up all false gods, all false idols, all belief in limitation and lack, all of the patterns that keep us from living as our true self. We're surrendering them right now. All the patterns of lack and attack that are known and unknown felt and not felt, recognized and unrecognized. We're letting them be permanently dissolved and resolved back to the root cause so that we never experience them again. We're grateful and thankful to claim our ascension, our awakening claiming and knowing that we are worthy of our ascension in the light. We are worthy of this pathway that we have chosen. We are consciously recognizing that, yes, we are on a pathway of light. We are on a pathway of awakening and ascension. This is our active choice. So we're truly surrendering any idea that we're not worthy of that which we've chosen. Or even we are surrendering any idea that we have to make it happen. We're allowing ourselves to be pulled over that bridge, that rainbow bridge. So grateful so thankful to open ourselves to this healing, to the power and the presence of love living in, through, and around us. It is our very nature and our very life. So we're grateful and thankful to consciously recognize that we are entitled to that which we have chosen. So grateful, so thankful to allow ourselves to live our destiny, 
so grateful and thankful to be that shining example <clears throat> wherever we go and whatever we do. The shining example of one who has the courage to follow their heart. So in this, we are all teachers, teaching ourselves and teaching those around us. And what I know is there are no obstacles. All illusion of obstacles falls away, and we say yes again and again to the deep desire of our heart being made manifest as our very life. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Those of you who read the story of Jesus in the the um uh, gosh my I'm floating <laughs> I can't think of the name of it I'm floating on that prayer um from last year's curriculum the uh gospel of Jesus that Levi brought from the Akashic Records in the completion of Jesus' journey was the Ascension, all about the Ascension. And in his journey, he ascended and became the avatar of the Piscean Age and led us all, all humanity, from that position as an ascended master, as a Chohan of the Resurrection Ray. And <clears throat> that, of course, was his great example, choosing to know the Holy Spirit self, to live as that, to attain the Christhood, through remembrance of his true beingness and going through the resurrection. And he provided us with a very dramatic experience of crucifixion. But have we not all experienced crucifixion in our life already? Have we not? So we've already done that. We don't have to do it again. We've all had our personal version of crucifixion. I, I, and I, I bet we can all attest to that. So, now what's left for us is resurrection and ascension. We've already come through the crucifixion. We really have. Some people might feel like they're in the tail end of it or something like that. But remember that in order to have the resurrection, in order to have the ascension, we must choose it. We must actively choose it and desire it more than anything else. So, this is one of our goals this year is to allow ourselves to actively choose it and desire it more than anything else so that it can be brought into manifestation because in the teachings of the masters one thing is clear our desire is the fire that brings it all forth 
because it is our desire that is the fire that eliminates the obstacles and the blocks. It's the only thing that can. Our desire is the only thing that can eliminate the obstacles and the blocks to love. Now, I, I would like to uh, share this ascension prayer. In some of you have the uh, um, some of the prayer books and uh, from Aurelia Louise Jones. This is one of my favorites from her. Prayer for Personal Ascension. So it'll be in your transcript if you don't have. Uh, prayer for Personal Ascension. In the name of my beloved God presence, I am. I ask to receive the initiations needed to qualify for ascension. I call for a great cosmic shaft of cosmic purity flame to remove from my mind, my thoughts, my feelings, my body, and all subtle bodies every vibration of human creation that is impure in substance and less than my divine perfection in God. May the flame of purity transmute from my world all remaining negative energies. May the love of Christ expand in me through the power of the ascension flame. May the resurrection flame awaken the memories of my divine blueprint so that I can be free forever from all discord I have ever created. I am purity in action. I am God's purity established within mind, body, and soul. I invoke purity for every part of life on earth. I invoke purity for my family, my friends, and for the whole family of God, all kingdoms and the earth. And so it is, beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am. Yes. Now, it's my intention, and I know you've heard me say this before, it's my intention to make my ascension and to stay here on earth as an ascended master and walk the earth bringing benefit and enjoying this experience of earth and discovering more of its delights. How more can I bring forth beauty and purity and truth and wisdom and clarity and freedom and wholeness and prosperity and abundance? Attaining my ascension, how can I share and be that living example? And I, I truly think many of us are called to this. Many of us are called to do this work. And this is what we're attracted to. So let's look at here so we can really launch ourselves, really take this energy and launch ourselves. What, what can we say about our crucifixion experience? What can we say about it? So I'll go first, and I'm inviting you to really examine here and now, together in the group, have you gone through the crucifixion experience? Do you feel like you've really gone through it? Are you in it now? And because those of you who are in it now, 
we can gather the momentum to move through it more quickly, less painfully. This we can do together. And this is the purpose of our group this year, is to hold each other in the light so tightly, so clearly, that we have a group momentum that is profound, unlike anything we've ever experienced before. This is what we, I feel, is the impetus for us this year. So looking at this crucifixion, I went through a period where it got kicked off, if you will, where I set the intention to live without fear and to work only for love, to no longer work for money, to work only for love. And I truly said, I'm giving my whole life to God, surrendering it all. This is all I'm interested in. And then all hell broke loose in my life. Thank God. Thank God. Because I had the desire to move through it quickly. I was willing. I, I had had enough of drawing it out and drawing it out, repeating the same lessons over and over again. I was completely done with that. Couldn't stand that. Just didn't have, it, have it, the ability to stomach it anymore. So I said, I'm all in. And then I'm not going to go into it in detail because you've heard different aspects of the story. But I had what seemed like in the world of form betrayals on most levels of my life that seemed unbelievable, unbelievable to me in terms of feeling abandoned by people and feeling that they were working against me, that they would completely disrespect me and disregard me. And uh, seemingly out of the blue. And also this was the time when my mother got her terminal cancer diagnosis. And I, I mean, it was just like the the fit hit the shan. It really did. And um, it wasn't easy. But I, I, I got fired from a job. I, I had no money. Everything that I built up seemed to be taken away from me. All these things happening at once. But I, underneath it all, I could feel this is a river of fire that is burning away everything that doesn't serve me. The gold and the diamonds will be left at the end. I have to hold my course and not give in to the appearances. I have to be able to stand strong and not give in to the appearances. And at the time, I really recognized that part of why that was so critical for me was how else would I learn to be the leader of a spiritual community? Now, you, you may have heard me tell a story. I tell it every now and then, uh, that I heard from Michael Beckwith. So uh, briefly, uh, he told a story of uh, a spiritual teacher 
who came from India and became a part of the Agape community. And she had been sent by her guru to America, and she didn't know why. And she really wasn't happy about it. She was a bit resentful about it, but she was obedient. And uh, she became a part of the Agape community. And she clearly had a very expanded awareness. But she also wasn't very good at taking care of herself. So she, it seemed as though she she would draw a lot of people to her to be her friends. They couldn't feel her expanded awareness and her loving presence and wished to be a part of her life and have her as a friend. But she was a burden as a friend because she d didn't seem to be able to manifest enough money to really take care of herself and to have the things she needed living in Los Angeles, things like a car, and she was depending on other people to help her and give her rides here and there and do things like that. And it was um, observable that all of this was going on. And she was... She came uh, to the classes at Agape and was involved in that. And in the process, what she realized was that she had all this knowledge and awareness of God, but she hadn't put it into practice in terms of being able to support herself and live the life that she could manifest the life she desired because she had been living in an ashram so long and under the care and guidance of her guru. And she wasn't used to really manifesting and providing for herself. And what happened was she, be, she learned, she had to learn how to do that because she, she couldn't survive otherwise, not happily. So she did. She learned how to manifest what she needed. She learned because she had spiritual understanding and she was studying at Agape. She, she was able to master that pretty quickly. And then as soon as she did, the guru called her home. And he said to her, the reason why I sent you to America was because I know I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm being called to other things. I'm going to make my transition. And I cannot leave this entire ashram and this community to the care of someone who doesn't know how to provide for the community, doesn't know how to take care of things, doesn't know how to manifest things. So uh, Reverend Michael had a saying that was something like that you're so spiritually expanded, you're no earthly good. And so... Um, it's being able to walk on this earth as a truly beneficial presence and to bring benefit through how you live. Because everybody's always watching, whether we notice it or not, we are always watching who's living a successful life and who's not. Who feels harmonious and happy and who's not. And we can see, it's so observable, what people's choices are, what the results are. And one of the biggest challenges we have, as we all already know, as spiritual students, is that we, we have this negative belief, this pattern, that certain things are so, or there are certain limitations, 
And we are very attached, whether we know it or not, to the limiting thinking. And so until we truly have that fire of desire to choose the truth, we're going to keep recycling in the limited thinking. So this year we are cultivating that fire of desire. And it's going to bring benefit to everyone in our lives. So I'm inviting everyone who's willing or who is able to observe, do you feel like you've gone through a crucifixion already? Do you feel like you're in a crucifixion? And can you share a little bit about that? So I'm going to ask you, we're going to contemplate it here for a moment, and then I'm going to ask you to share in a focused way, very focused way. So you can tell us where you think you are and what a bit about what the crucifixion was for you and how you're feeling now. And also, where do you feel in terms of that fire of desire? Does it feel like a burning passion for you? Does it feel like you're afraid to stoke that fire because you don't wish to have that fire run like a wildfire through your life? There are certain things that you really wish to cling to. You're not willing to let everything go. Now, uh, one thing I can say is that in that experience of the fire burning through my life, I had to give up the things I was most attached to. Absolutely had to give them up. So I, for me personally, I had to give up the man I loved. I had to give up some best friends. I had to give up my spiritual community, and I had to give up my mom. I had to give up a way of seeing my father, too, and a way of seeing my brother, my relationship to my family, and what I can authentically say is, of course, I had to give up playing small. And I can authentically say, I am, it's unfathomable how much happier I am having given up those attachments. The amount of happiness and peace and freedom I feel without those attachments, I cannot even begin to quantify it, cannot even begin it's like if you can imagine you were living covered completely in tar. And now you you hardly have any of it. The the difference in the way you experience everything is so profound. So I'm inviting you just to contemplate. Let's tune into the higher self here, the mighty I am presence.
this opening our mind to an understanding of our own personal crucifixion. So we're opening our minds to the healing radiance of the I Am Presence to illuminate our journey as the prodigal son, to bear witness with nothing but love and compassion. We're opening our hearts and minds to view our lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters from the light of the Christ, the light within us, reclaiming our true identity. What I know for each and every one of us is we are fanning that fire of desire to remember our Christ self and to see it in everyone truly, not just in words, not just in thoughts, but wholeheartedly. So we're opening our heart to self-compassion for this journey of awakening. And in this deep gratitude to ourselves for having chosen this journey of these many, many lifetimes, this journey that's included so much suffering, so much pain, so much sense of desperation and fear and unworthiness, that we are coming home to ourselves and harvesting all the learning, all the wisdom, and sharing it to bring benefit to ourselves, with each other, to all humanity. What I know for each and every one of us is that we truly are bringing forth this golden age of enlightenment with our very life, with our choices. This is the activity of our life. And I know absolutely that we are carried, carried 
across the bridge. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to every bit of support and help from the visible and the invisible. We're on the bridge of return, as it says in A Course in Miracles. So grateful, so thankful. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. In A Course in Miracles, in the text, chapter 16, section 3, paragraph 7, it says, This year you will begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. You have chosen this by your own willingness to teach. Though you seemed to suffer for it, the joy of teaching will yet be yours. For the joy of teaching is in the learner who offers it to the teacher in gratitude and shares it with him. As you learn, your gratitude to yourself who teaches you what he is will grow and help you honor him. And you will learn his power and strength and purity and love him as his father does. His kingdom has no limits and no end, and there is nothing in him that is not perfect and eternal. All this is you, and nothing outside of this is you. To your most holy self, all praise is due for what you are and for what he is who created you as you are. Sooner or later must everyone bridge the gap he imagines exists between his selves. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to expend some little effort on behalf of bridging. His little efforts are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is, being joined with it. And so the one who would cross over is literally transported there. Your bridge is builded stronger than you think. And your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you will not draw you safely across. For you will come where you would be and where your self awaits you. This is our journey this year. So the company of heaven is drawing us across this bridge. And when we add our desire to it, we are unstoppable. We are completely unstoppable. 
I am unstoppable. I am worthy of my destination. I am worthy of my ascension in the light. And I encourage you to work with that information, that affirmation. I am worthy of my ascension in the light. And you may find that there's not one time you work with that information, uh, that affirmation. I am worthy of my ascension in the light. For some of us, it might be new information. Every time you think it or say it, you'll be challenged to believe it. Am I worthy of my ascension in the light? Is everyone worthy of their ascension in the light? Yes. Let the judgments fall away. I am fanning the flame of my desire to go higher and higher in my awareness, to live as my true self. All right. So, crucifixion. I'm going to unmute everyone here. So prepare yourself on your handset or however you're listening to uh, have self-muting. And m my invitation really is is to have ask everyone to please use your self-mute button on your handset. And if you have a handset that does not have one, you can press star six to mute as soon as I unmute here. Um, and uh, then we have a nice clean call. All right, here we go. Oh, how perfect. So, who would like to share in a laser-focused way their awareness of their experience of crucifixion? Peter, did you wish to go? Sure, I'll go. Uh, first of all, I really, really, really understand the allegory, the symbolism of the life of Jesus mm. as the as a symbol of our own expanding consciousness. Beautiful. That that really that really sings very very powerfully for me. Mm. Insofar as my crucifixion goes, I feel as though I was aware, not quite so that I could term it as such, but I was aware at an early age that my life felt very, I felt very crucified. Mm -hmm. So I never understood the crucifixion. It was only until really like now that I understood the crucifixion as a necessary process for me right. that ultimately organically leads me to resurrection and ascension. Because it was through the, the crucifixion that I was led to face all that I had buried in deep, dark, 
secret, shadowy place to live in. And that it was not until I unearthed the, the core wounds, the hurts, the pains, the shame, the unworthiness, the fears, that I now, through forgiveness, through self-forgiveness and through self-love, feel today I am emerging out of crucifixion into a rebirth of almost a homecoming, a homecoming, not almost a homecoming, a homecoming to myself as I have never known myself. So it's, I feel that this beginning of my ascension is, is, is in fact a, a greeting with myself. I'm embracing myself as I've never experienced myself to be and laying on the side of the road all the guises and patterns and mechanisms that I had employed to navigate my life up until now. Mm -hmm. And it was very challenging always for me to let these patterns go because they defined me and confined me and kept me secure in 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 such a structure. Mm-hmm. So I was always hard put to 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 release limitations because the limitations kept me cozy by in their kind of positing me in the universe. So I feel very excited about what's happening for me, with me, today. Mm. And part of what the coming out of the crucifixion has meant for me is the realization in my heart, the feeling realization that I I don't walk alone. Mm-hmm. And the crucifixion for me was very, very torturously lonely. Mm-hmm. It was really the, you know, you know, it was it was really an experience of, oh, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Literally and figuratively in my life. Um, and I felt very, very alone. And the the energy of ascension for me is 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 feeling the the love and support and the guidance and the omnipresence of all of heaven of god of spirit of, of the spirit of life of eternity that i'm always accompanied that i'm always supported that i'm always loved and never was not you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. So I guess that's, that's where I'm at. Beautiful. You know, it's not as though, it's not as though I don't feel 
the challenge is still. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't imagine that, you know, I'm now over the rainbow or something. Um and and there is a lot that I am being challenged to release. Both I've been working quite a bit on the inside, mm-hmm. releasing false ideas, patterns, uh beliefs in in lack, in unworthiness, in shame. Uh and I certainly am not a hundred percent free of, of these thoughts, but I'm far freer than I've ever been in my life. I'm far more willing to drop them. Uh, But there are many, many kind of attachments on the outside as well that I've been asked to leave. I left money two years ago. I defined myself by income to quite quite an extent. I you know, utilized income for identity. I utilized the job label, a career for, for identity, and I was challenged to to let them go, and, and that I did. And that's been very challenging for me. Yes. And part of my ascension process is, as you say, this, the, I love fire of desire uh, because that has been part of what I am reigniting and rediscovering in myself is my desire and my right to my desire and my right to the object of my desire, which is the fulfillment and the the, the flourishing of my higher self in on earth in this life. Yes. And that's very, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's word, I can't put a word to, to be, 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 be. it's ecstatic. Mm. It's bewilderingly exciting. Mm. Head spinning. Because it, I feel like I'm on the verge, a cusp of experiencing myself in such a new fashion. Mm. Yeah. But it was all there. It was always all there. And that's, that's, that's the miracle, how this, how I have been led. Because mm. this mm-hmm. was never, none of this, I mean, this wasn't conscious. Right. Gee whiz, you know, I'm, I think, you know, let's, let's do it this way. Let's, let's get your father out of the way really early. Let's live in a really fucked up childhood and let's do a ton of drugs and let's get lost in New York City in, in a high flying career and, you know, let's do it all that way. I never thought, you know, I didn't think of it, but in, in such a conscious level. But yet, all these all these incredibly transformative symbols were created for me. That's a big thing too that I can say for me because it was always a to me. Mm-hmm. I was always I was always on the victim side of. And that was part of the crucifixion, feeling so damn victimized. Oh yeah. And now I see. And now I see it as all very supportive. Like <laughs> it may not feel so great. It may not feel so great in it, but it's really great. It's purposeful and it's 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 precise. 
So anyway, I'm, I'm complete. Thank you for holding this space for me. Uh, and I think I've, I think I've uh, completed my thought for everyone, for myself. So helpful. So helpful, Peter. And what I'm hearing is the coming home to the having the eyes that can see and the ears that can hear, the ability to discern from the God self what things are for. And, yeah. uh, to, and when we can do that, this is why I have us read the Sons of God, because when we can do that, and also testimony of light, is to help it begin to dawn in our awareness, as well as um, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, it's these examples, these people sharing their experience that help us to recognize what felt like a crucifixion is actually what's required for me to finally give up all attachments to what I think success is, attachments to being a person in a body and being a body. Uh, so that we can actually come to the other side of it and realize, oh, it was all for my good. It was so for my good. I'm going to um, just ask everyone here for a second to raise your hand if you had a happy childhood and you felt that you were beloved and cherished and that you felt that you were safe and things made sense to you and it felt good and right and true. Start to raise your hand if that's how you felt as a child. Okay, beautiful. Thank you. So, you may find this interesting. We have um, 11 people, and uh, including myself. And, no, I'm sorry, we have 12 people, including myself. And one person raised their hand. Mm -hmm. Who would like to uh, go next? Jennifer, this is Rich. I'll go next. Hey, great. Hi, hi there. Hi. Well, it's an interesting uh, question, and I really uh, appreciate um, the opportunity to explore this thought. Um, first off, I guess I, I want to uh, deal with the idea of no degrees, because the first thing that comes to my mind is that my life has been such that I've never had any crucifixion. I've never really had any horrible anguish things. I've never been suicidal, et cetera, et cetera. So I would, in other times, perhaps just cast off this question, not address it at all, saying mm. that ain't me. Yeah. But then, you know, I understand that the Course says there are no degrees, that 
the slightest irritation is the same as rage. And I've had plenty of slight irritations, <laughs> so, but I've had plenty of other things. So that's, that's the first thing that comes into my mind. The second thing that comes to me is that I have, um, let's see, I, I wrote down, you know, I've really been in a struggle with crucifixion probably my whole life. And that is harboring the belief that I'm really my body and that I can really be hurt. And so my awareness is that um, that I've developed a tremendous array of self-medications to avoid facing the concept or the experience of crucifixion, you know. That's what comes to me, that it's been just, you know, a real struggle of not giving in to that experience so that I can move past it and understand the falseness of the concept that I'm my body and I can be hurt. So, you know, I've got all these uh, self-medication activities every time that I begin to feel that kind of fear or that sense of crucifixion. Um and that gives me some kind of a false sense of of security. Um, so this so it really invites me to allow myself to be crucified, to know that I can't be crucified, uh, uh, and to then release all the limiting beliefs and blocks of love that I have that have been sort of a an ab reaction to. The concept of, of crucifixion, uh, because that means of trying to control my fear is very limiting in my life, you know. So that's been very, very helpful for me. Um, uh, I have more recently been working with the concept of I don't know what anything's for, so here we are, you know, as everybody knows, sitting here and New York with our daughter with breast cancer and, and having some really hard times. And the hard times really haven't really been much to do with the breast cancer at all, that really, or even the fear of losing our daughter or things like that, but more the the um, amplification of fears we have in relating to each other and, and, and being uh, or being abandoned or being disapproved of or being neglected or rejected and all that sort of thing, which... When you live this this close, my, even my self-medication, as wonderful techniques as they are, don't work. <laughs> so then you begin to feel perhaps you're being crucified. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a ble- that is in and of itself a blessing to allow myself to have that feeling because then I can uh, deal with healing that and releasing that and being free of that overhanging fear of that I'm my body and I can be hurt. So, um, you know, I want to deal with these seemingly unhappy times as blessings because they've given us, given me an opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to face them and to, and to look them in the eye and to understand the false thinking that's there and my oneness with God and the freedom that I can have and the joy that I can have when I release that. So that's, that's my, uh, my thoughts about it. I appreciate the opportunity. That's so perceptive of you. That awareness is really going to support you in rising. Thanks. Yes, thank you. Beautiful. Hmm. Who would like to share next? This is Kazi. Hey, Kazi. 
Okay. Um, so I have definitely gone through crucifixion. Um, I was having to think back. It feels like a lifetime ago, but it's <laughs> not long ago. Um, and it was probably, I mean, I had have, I've actually had many, but the mm-hmm. most recent was probably 20 years. And a lot of it had to do around my work, which um, many of you who know me know that I retired three years ago, but it was a 20-year process. And um, I felt crucified both in my family of origin as well as I felt like I recreated my family in my work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt very unsupported. Mm-hmm. I worked in the technical field, and it was very much a man's field. And so um, a message I got my whole life was proving myself, so I spent many years um, proving myself. So it was definitely, for probably the first 15 years, a, definitely a school of ego, and the company supported the ego and wanted it, right? So <laughs> um, fortunately, towards the end, I was definitely on a spiritual path, so I looked at much more of a spiritual path. But I had many fears. I didn't feel like I was worthy. I didn't feel like I was good enough. And I also had beliefs that I would not have enough money. And that was probably the last belief that really held me in that job for so long. Um, And so there was just a lot of, um, I'm very grateful for it all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I can really see how much it led me to um, where I am. And I was aware of it, a lot of of that process, um, because I was on a spiritual path. And so I was aware Early on, I don't think I was, and I was very much caught in the ego, and I couldn't separate. I, you know, I just thought that was that was how life was. But long later on, I could separ- I could actually, I had some um, detachment, and I could actually see the lessons. And I'm really quite grateful for it. And um, I also, in that process, the very last year, I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of healing around that, but that that relationship was very challenging most of my life, except for the last month of her life. Um, and it's very interesting, my brother, so I had to give up a lot of my, all, how I viewed myself and my family. And my brother has the exact same belief that I had, that I've let go of, of that I would never have enough money. And it's kind of, it's very much interesting to be able to see that, because like I'm out of that now. I let that all go. Mm-hmm. And um, I really feel like I'm living the life I want to live, and it's still unfolding. But to see how he still is working, he's older than I am. And not that he – it's fine if he wants to work, but his belief system, and he's always bringing it up, and I just – I know it takes me back to how I felt that way and how stuck I was in that for so long and how how limiting it is. And so I'm I'm really very grateful. And I'm still, I feel like I'm still at the very end of uh, the crucifixion. I'm in the process of, lose, of losing my dad. He's definitely in transition, but we don't ever know how long that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And many of you know of that. Um, and so I, I just feel um, really grateful to be in, the cla- in this class, to be on the path of, path of ascension. I really feel a strong fire of desire and um, just open to what is next. And I don't, I, used, I was always a planner and, you know, had everything planned out. Um, and right now I don't, and I really have appreciated the focus on that. We really, it's important for us to have our desire of the heart. And so I'm just um, been working with the meditation that you had on the New Year's 
intention class two and just allowing it to continue to unfold and that um, it will unfold and I know that so like not to rush it and not to um, and to let go of that you know um, whatever God wants me to do but to to be aligned with what keeps coming up in me because that's those are my answers and that's what I need to do so um, I think that that's pretty good that's what that's where I'm at so thank you for the opportunity to share beautiful yeah another uh, example of great awareness thank you Kazi yeah and your well I'm going to say that thank you and Let's see who would like to share next. Carla, did you want to go? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I will. Um you don't have to. No, I just, I I don't know what to say because I feel like last week I this desire was coming through me. And I know, I, it seems like right now I'm going through what you described as your twisty turnies. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm in the middle of, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know. How can I, I don't know if I'm in the middle of resurrection? It's very possible, but <clears throat> I don't know. So, um, God, I. How would you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm just. Hang on a second. Hang, mm -hmm. hang on a second. So, just let's all just join together here for a moment. And when we desire to know something, when we truly desire to know something, how do we come to know it? It's through our willingness to know. And one of the things I know for myself is sometimes when I'm having this kind of a dialogue with someone about my own life experience and I'm asked a question, I'll say, I don't know. And then I remind myself, Jennifer, your mind is one with the infinite. How can you not know? How could it be that you don't know? And so I, one of the things that I watch for in my own awareness is when I feel like I don't know, then would I like to know? Would I like to know? And then it's I am presence. I would like to know the answer to this question. I would like to know more about this. I would like to know everything that's helpful to me about this. So, of course, it's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with you not 
knowing right this second. And you can know. You can know. So rather than focus on you don't know, because you're so tuned in and tapped in, Carla, to uh, instead of using an affirmation, I don't know, what I've learned to say is, yeah, I'd really like to know. Really like to know that. And other things, to be honest, I feel like I don't know or understand them, but I don't feel that interested. Why things are the way they are, meh, it all serves God. Other times, I would like to know why this is the way it is. There's a pattern here that if I can understand it, I can bring benefit to myself and others. So it just seemed like an opportunity, Carla, to, to bring some awareness and distinctions to that. So apologies for interrupting your flow. I don't think I was flowing. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I don't know. I think, I think, I guess, I, I guess I am in. I'm in it. I mean, that's. <clears throat> Maybe it's done. Aren't, aren't you the aren't you the woman who broke her legs and had to live with that? And you've had some very challenging experiences. So this is for right. you to contemplate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess what comes to me is that. Having gone through that that period, the resurrection, wouldn't you, I still totally, uh, totally, because that's not true, I still have, I still am choosing the doubts above the faith. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah, I think that's part of the resurrection process. Well, them in the middle, (laughs) for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is great. You, it feels like if you contemplate this, you'll have a, a lot of insight that you can share with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you'd like to add anything else? Can I speak again if something comes up? But right now, no. I think that would be allowable, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right, who's next? Claire. Hi, Jennifer. Um, I think I can relate to everything that the previous... um, my previous classmates have spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to chuckle to myself because uh, I can remember, or it came to me while I was contemplating this, the old Almond Brothers song, um, Tied to the Whipping Post. 
<laughs> oh, I love that song. <laughs> well, that used to be my theme song, and um, well, I think the Holy Spirit thought that was funny to bring up for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't have that idyllic of a childhood, and um, it was kind of violent mm. growing up, and um, so I certainly withdrew into myself. I became agoraphobic, agoraphobic, and, mm. um, you know, I certainly um, had to deal with that crucifixion, and um, I really felt like I was crucified my whole life mm. until I you know, said the words, there's got to be a better way, found the course, and worked with it, and um, frankly, I didn't, I didn't even realize, I didn't have the awareness that the transformation was taking place Mm. for me. Um, So, um, I've, had several other crucifixions since I decided that there must be a better way and um but I do feel like I'm that I've gotten through the fire certainly it's I'm still dealing with some of the let's say ashes of it but I know what it's all for and I'm grateful for it now. <laughs> not that long ago, I would not have been able to even say that. I can I can see it now, looking back, mm. what it's all been for. Um, as far as my fire of desire, like Carla, I'm having a little trouble coming up with that. But freedom, I'm just I'm just uh, looking for freedom. Seems to be. The goal for me, right now anyway, and um, I'm still playing small, I, but I catch myself pretty quickly, and um, um, I think I'm on the other side, and I'm looking forward to going forward with everyone, and I appreciate everything everyone said. I can relate to everyone on on many levels. So that's it. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Sally. Yes, Sally. Um, so challenges, I would say, is what your we are talking about and as a child when I was about 12 I lost all my friends at home and all my friends at school and just went into myself so that was one big challenge and then I became a widow at oh no, before we got to that stage and I lost a daughter at 15 when she was 15 months old when I was in my 30s mm-hmm. and that was big learning opportunity for compassion for other people who've gone through similar situations 
I became a widow at the age of 53, and that was uh, an amazing opportunity because I was able to finally be myself. I had grown sufficiently uh, with through my marriage to have confidence to do to be on my own, to stand on my own feet, and I was finally able to free to do all the things that uh, I wanted to do. So that was. That has been a, a blessing, and uh, then I retired at 60 and uh, was able to start working on all the spiritual growth practices I've been doing. I started off with art classes and then this Course in Miracles. So there's been lots of uh, growth and opportunities I'm very grateful for. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it certainly is evident as people are sharing and as we all are old enough to have had so much experience of life to, to witness that uh, some people go through a short-term hellfire. <clears throat> some people it feels like a long, drawn-out process. And I have to say that that intensity in my own experience was, in a sense, the pinnacle. It was the rocket booster to get me to a tipping point. You've all heard me talk about. Um, but uh, I was, in a lot of ways, I was miserable a lot of my life before then. And uh, some of us experience it as ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And it's definitely valuable to have no judgment or even any preconceived notion of it. But just to look at have we felt crucified? Have we felt like we were strung up and left for dead, you know, with wounds and punctures and things like that? And uh, just before we go on, um, I got moved to share this with you from the section in the text of A Course in Miracles, uh, Responsibility for Sight. And I was talking about this a few weeks ago in my radio show, and where um, Jesus says to us, uh, so it's responsibility for sight, uh, page 448 in my text. It's um, chapter 21, section 2. <clears throat> and he says, we have repeated, hang on one second. Uh, we have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit for which he gives you everything. The very little on which salvation rests. The tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to the resurrection. And being true, it's so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected, yes, but not ambiguous. And if you choose against it now, it will not be because it is obscure, 
but rather that this little cost seemed, in your judgment, to be too much to pay for peace. This little cost, this is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me I ask for and receive as I have asked. That's it. That simple series of statements, I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. Which, you know, I my shortened version of it is, I'm responsible for everything I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. And living inside of that is how we go from the crucifixion to the resurrection to the ascension. That's how we do it. That is the key. And so that's why this year we're going to focus on what we desire. Because we are responsible for what we see. We do choose the feelings we experience. We do decide upon the goal we would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to us is what we have asked for, and we are receiving exactly as we have asked. So this year we are going to become completely conscious of what we're choosing, what we're asking for, what we desire. This is our impetus. All right. So now we have Karen raising her hand. Hey, Karen. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. When we are... Well, first of all, I want to thank Kazi for coming to me in a dream this morning and mm. resurrecting me from a really bad place. I'm mm. really grateful for that. And I'm also grateful to you, Jennifer, uh, for mentioning the other day that um, sometimes when people can't sleep, they listen to you to help them sleep. And when oh. I woke up, <laughs> uh, the demons didn't really come, but I thought, all right, I'm going to listen. And not to go back to sleep, but I listened to your Unity Radio program this week, which I really loved, mm. uh, as I do all of them, and um, the quality of bearing false witness, um, which I obviously was doing a lot yesterday. So mm. uh, all, all that being said, I'm just grateful for this class, I'm grateful for this group, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to share and commit to our our united efforts to awaken together. When you talk about crucifixion, what has been coming to me this week, and I, I love that we're talking about it today, uh, in my conversation with Kazi, I was talking about a new symbol that I was having for this year, and that is that of the hammer. And the hammer has two sides to it. It has the part that hammers the nails in, and it has the claw that takes the nails out. And I've just been aware of this um, metaphor for me these last several months, that I am nailing myself and 
others, as I see them as separate from myself in the illusion, to the cross, and that uh, the job now is to undo the nails, big, small, right down to the staple size, and I think I've mentioned this in a previous class. And so, uh, for me, the crucifixion isn't historical about when I was young or different parts of my life. It's right now, and I find myself standing there at the cross, both at the foot of the cross and on the cross, and that um, what I'm aware is that after the crucifixion, Jesus descended into hell Mm. before he resurrected, before he ascended, and that descended into hell is, I think, clearly the experience I've been having here Mm -hmm. um, before the resurrection, before the ascension, and the descent into hell is the one of emotional pain, um, the the um, coming up of all kinds of um, fear patterns and um, habits that we've talked about these last couple of years in Masterful Living and um, that now um, the, the descent into hell has been so visceral and so powerful that it really totally got my attention. So that um, as I awoke today and uh, felt the presence of you all, I know the one-mindedness. I know that um, that the resurrection and the ascension are at hand and um, and are already complete. And you know that's that's that kind of tricky thing that we all get into. You know, we're living in this illusion, but we know we are already awake. So. It's about really growing that. I'm really grateful for the concept of the guardian angel who was my constant companion when I was a child. And to embrace that again as the I am that I am. And um, I find myself feeling like I'm walking around like a crazy person, um, mouthing words all the time and chanting to myself because I have to work that hard to keep the the ego thoughts at bay or and and just to replace them more it's more about it's not about keeping them away it's about replacing them so i'm just talking to myself writing saying certain things over and over and each time i'm doing it um it is helping me um to move out of the hell to the resurrection to the ascension mm. Wow, great awareness. Why hear such willingness? Yes. Mm. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Yeah. Yep. The fire brings clarity. It does. All right. Who would like to go next? And we are uh, Lars. Yeah. Hello. Hi. I would like to share a little bit about my, yeah, when I was in my 30s. 
there was a very strong phase of uh, crucifixion. When I started working as a teacher, I felt totally unworthy. People, the pupils were laughing at me and I felt a little bit shy and it was really horrible for me. And I went to a psychotherapist and I thought I would be totally unworthy that uh, I couldn't give a service to others because I don't know what to do, that I was in the wrong job, but I was selfish and things like that. I really didn't know how to handle my life. It was a very, mm. I felt absolutely miserable and depressed. And this, this was my uh, crucifixion, I feel. And afterwards, I tried everything to get away from the situation. I tried to find help. I asked other people what to do. And everyone was telling me, you have to be more assertive. You have to show the pupils how uh, to, uh, or you have to show the pupils your power. You have to manipulate them. This was what they were telling me. And I felt deep inside my heart, this is not the right way. I felt it, but I really didn't know what to do. And when I really got to know the concept of responsibility, of uh, forgiveness, things started to shift for me. And this was a part of my resurrection, that I learned not to play the role of a victim, but to really see that I'm responsible for it and that everything is for my highest good. But this was a very long process. I started with calling Tipping's radical forgiveness and then I didn't do it very much and only after some years I really recognized how important it is to really take on full responsibility of my life. And this uh, was part of my resurrection, I feel. And I see, I mean, I'm still uh, dealing with the ashes of the fire. I like this expression very much for there are a lot of things in my life where I still feel crucified in my marriage, for example, and in my job, there are a lot of things I'm really attached to. The moment I feel I'm attached to security, as a, yes, I'm a civil servant, I have a secure job, but I don't want to let go of the security, and this is part I'm still in, this crucifixion, but I feel lighter now, and I Yes, I've developed the consciousness that I'm not like a, vict a victim of my circumstances, that I'm on the way of seeing the light, and it's only about allowing the light to come into my life. And this is really what I'm here for and what I'm so grateful for at the moment. Wow. Yes. Yes. That's part of the crucifixion is uh, the, and you can see it in Jesus' life too, where we go through a period where there's so much pressure on us to capitulate to hmm. the ego's way of thinking and to bow down to it and to say, oh yes, this is the way of happiness. This is the way of rightness or correctness. And the unpleasantness that we feel it if we don't completely bury it it can help us kind of explode out of that and just say no I'm not doing that no 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 um, like Peter was saying when he quit mm -hmm. his job he had to just say no I'm not doing this anymore and uh, 
for most for most people, I think we go through a substantial period. Kazi was saying it was 20 years of trying to make it work, trying to figure it out, trying this way, that way, this way, that way, over and over again, failing and failing and failing and failing, seeming to succeed for moments only, and then crashing back down again. And if we can move into that place, wherever we are, whether we're on the other side of it or we're in the thick of it, and just really being grateful, I'm so grateful that I cannot align with the ego and find success. I'm so grateful that I cannot live from the ego and be identified with a small, selfish human self and find happiness and really be really, really grateful that for that and allow the fire of that gratitude, the high vibration of that willingness to be grateful, to rise us up just like it did in Sons of God to Christine Mercy where she rose up in her willingness to be grateful for the thing that felt like it ruined her life and she suffered so much over it to, to finally decide to be grateful for it was the thing that gave her enough of a rocket launch, enough of a booster to get out of the orbit, mm-hmm. right? So that's the thing is when we're going over these things again and again in our own mind and struggling with the ways of the world, we are caught in the orbit, Right? We're just circling it over and over again. You know, it's the hamster wheel. And so it takes that gratitude is the best thing. And the gratitude and the willingness, joining those two together to break that orbit, to get away from the pull of gravity. Yeah. Powerful. Thank you, Lars. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we've got a few people. Uh, anybody else like to share? Going once, going twice. Lydia. Lydia, the only one who had a happy childhood. Oh, I'm sorry. Um assistant to share actually but uh, I'll give it a try um, yeah yeah I raised my hand and you asked if I had a good childhood and actually I had nice yes um, I'd say I, I was very happy at home mm-hmm. and um, yeah everything went fine <laughs> But it was not so at school, actually. Mm. I don't know, the other children, I don't know what they had, problems maybe. Um, So at school I was uh, very often alone. And um, in the beginning it it was no problem for me, but when I grew older and older, um, yeah, it became like a burden, I think. And when I was um, 17 to 23, I had a very um, crucifixion, actually. <laughs> I felt very alone. 
doing things alone. And um, but when I felt very desperate, I always um, asked for help for the of the invisible. Mm. And I had a few, I think, mystic experiences back then. I also want to say, when I was a child, everything went um, great until actually, I think, my my sister said she was jealous. I think I only discovered it few few months ago that that was the problem. She was jealous, I think, and she said. Um, you can always have what you want. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, is is that not normal then? So and then I, I think that was the time that I started to doubt mm. that I that it was not normal to to have a happy life. So and then was when I was like uh, twenty three years old. Um, so I was not very happy back then. You know, I was very happy with myself, but not with the relations I had and what I did in the world. And then my father died when I was 23 years old. Mm. And I had a very, very um, sad feeling about it. But because of the other times when I felt desperate, I asked for help and I always got it. And uh, also, back then I was like crying and asking God for help. And then I had a revelation, like it's in the Course of Miracles. But I didn't know what to do with it because I had never heard about it. And I had never read about it. So I kept it a secret, actually. Hmm. And um, um, after that, I... Um, I couldn't integrate it actually in my daily life, so I was not good. <laughs> I'm still not good in manifesting. So I thought, okay, I, I, I was shown the truth, but I cannot communicate about it. So, so, I, I always thought, um, like my my uh, life is a mess. <laughs> so people will not believe me or will not. Um, think it's, it has value what I have to say. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, I didn't have a, a great desire for worldly success or so, because I, I, I knew that it, yeah, it was not, how do you call it, um, um, that was not the way to to be happy, and uh, but I didn't know how to manifest like uh, um, just uh, <laughs> a happy life. Actually, not not happy. I am happy when I'm I'm feeling who I am, but the outside world. Could be better, you know? mm. so I don't know if it makes sense what I just <laughs> told because I, I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay.
and, gun connection, I think. And where do you feel you are right now? Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe it's still a crucifixion, I don't know. Um, no, it's, it's like, I always feel since then that I am uh, carrying an egg or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I was always waiting for the right moment, but now I think, okay, I can wait till I die and um, nothing will happen, actually. So, um, yeah, I I want to take responsibility now to... to for my life here on earth. <laughs> yes, let us let us not wait to die to be reborn. Yes. Mhm. Lovely. Thank you, Lydia. Okay. Last call. Anybody else? Something came to me I want to speak on. All right. Okay. Uh, what came to me is that that most of my life has been this process of ups and downs, and and I it came to me that I am at the end of it, and that is often the most agonizing place to be. And that, and I feel like I have to do it. I have to end it. I have to. I have to do anything. And what came to me is that I do not have to do anything. I just have to allow myself to be carried beyond, to push past where I'm at or whatever. It may not be the correct words, but to be carried over beyond it. And so I'm stating that's why I'm here in this class. Mm. That's why that's what I'm doing now, mm. yes. and I'm hoping that you all are going to be part of that as well to help carry me over that. So that's all I had to say. Thank you. Beautiful. Yes. I'll go. This is Christine. Mary Christine. Hey there. Hi. You know, from the time I was three, I was, I felt like I was in the crucifixion. Hmm. And it didn't end with very few high points. It didn't end or really begin to subside even after decades of study and working at things because of that, that self-loathing. The unworthiness, I just couldn't get beyond that. It was so magnetically strong, just like we're saying, in an orbit. And over the last couple of years, I've really become to understand the false idol of that and and see the truth. The pull was really still strong, but, I mean, the the pain pushing was really still strong. 
their vision was point. And now, especially in the last six months, and especially since the last alignment we had in the fall, something lifted with that pull. The um, grasping in the same orbit is not as strong. And now I really feel I'm being carried across the bridge. When you were saying that, it was like so appropriate. It was a picture that I had in my mind. I'm literally being carried. And it's the being carried, the energy that is carrying me is much stronger than the energy that magnetized me. So I feel a picture in my mind is like the phoenix rising out of the ashes. I still have ash dust on me. And mm. that's okay. But I am rising, literally mm. rising in vibration. And just a, a quickie, um, I've been replenishing a lot of my books now that I have a place to hang my hat for a while. And as the, the a couple of sacred violet flame or sacred flame books came in, different ones on different things, and one of my roommates walked by my room and said, light in here. And that's exactly how I felt when I brought the books in and I took them out of the package. It's like the whole energy in my room shifted. Yeah. Which was beautiful. Touches me. Yeah. And the the vision, that's where I I, that's where I am. I I feel like I'm out of the crucifixion. It's over. It is done. It's done. There's no there is just no going back. There's hardly any memory of it. But it, and it's the vision that is a big deal right now. I don't have a vision to cling to other than some general sense, like I think it was Kazi was saying freedom and uh, things like that. Specific is, is something that I'm really looking forward to in this year. Hmm. And there was something else. One thing is, and I was reading Christian Larson, and the term that he used, which is something that is so um, uppermost in my mind at the moment, is um, spiritualizing the body. That's a big deal to me this year. Again, that's a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. Let's get the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, powerful, yes. Thank you. I feel that. Hmm. One time I was talking with someone very close to me on the Skype where we could see each other. And when we started talking, all around her, on the video cam, she was surrounded by violet flame energy. It was just all there. And she was like, oh, my God, can you see this on Skype? And I said, I can. Yeah. So these Tangible shifts of light are so real. And speaking of that, I'm going to be sending everybody in Masterful Living today a um, meditation, a white light meditation. I'm going to send it by email. 
And those of you who last year were in the year three class will recognize it from Unveiled Mysteries. Uh, I, I've just added a little bit of my own to it. And um, for those of you who haven't read Unveiled Mysteries, please do. It's by it's in the bookstore. Um, you can find it through the Year 3 bookstore. I posted our Ascension Pathway bookstore in our Facebook group. And uh, everybody should be a member of that face Ascension Pathway Facebook group. And I say should because <coughs> I believe I've correctly added everybody that I could. So that's uh, I, I think I've been successful in that. If not, you can ask to join it. And... Um, Lawrence, would you like to share anything? Um, okay. Um, well, 20 years ago, uh, I was, I had full-blown AIDS. I was mm. in the hospital and I was expected to die very soon. Uh, I fully expected to die, and uh, that was the beginning. I view that as the beginning of my addiction. Mm. That experience went on for about 15 years. Um, and, uh, Sometimes during that time, I felt completely alone. I felt abandoned. I I forgot about God, and there was just there was there was no light. There was no mm. literally no no light. I, I I was in a dark. I felt like I was in a dark hole at the bottom of the earth. Mm. And, uh, I remember deciding to to let go And I knew I somehow I, I I thought I I felt that I was going that I was going to die and several times and but then I I woke up and I, and everything had changed. It just there had been a a, a total shift and I knew that. I wasn't going to die, but I was going to recover and and I did mm. over the years. It took a very long time and but I had an experience when I was in the hospital of uh being told uh, there were uh, 
I received information. I was told that I was going to, that I was being changed, that my that was I was my body was being changed at a molecular level. Mm-hmm. These were the words that I heard that I was going to that I was going that my I was needed for the for the rebuilding something like that. Mm. I can't quite remember it now. But since that time, I, I I knew that 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 there was a purpose for my for my life, and since then, since that since then, I've had many many really powerful. Uh, experiences of, of, of expansion and I would say I would say awakening uh, and I know now uh, I, I know now that that the, the crucifixion part of it that, that process is over I know that mm-hmm. and and I feel Every every day, every moment, I feel closer to God, and closer. I feel more filled with with light, and I feel as if the light is radiating from me. Mm. My purpose is to is to let it out and to allow it to to touch others and to lift them with me as I am being lifted. Yes. I just feel now that I, I feel that God has I feel that God is closer than my breath, closer than my hands. Mm-hmm. I feel I, I felt at times that I've known the, the oneness. I have felt that I was everyone and everything, and that feeling doesn't go away anymore. It, it's not with me. It's always with me on some level now, and I am so, so very grateful. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah. Do you feel complete? Yes, I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
with your sharing and <laughs> ah, wonderful. It's wonderful to hear you all and your sharing. Uh, all right. So this is Sally. Can I just ask a question about the Facebook Ascension Pathway? Sure. I was just looking for it, and I have found it and asked to join. But I see I'm down as Sarah and not Sally. Should I send oh. an email to admin? No, I'll take care of it. Thank you. Yeah. Just so that people know who it is. Um, yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh All right. So I'm going to close us out with a prayer. I am going to play a song. And uh, I would also like to tell you uh, a reminder that it's uh, I'm asking of you to do the New Year's intentions work and be prepared and bring it to class with you. Uh, this weekend, I'll be doing the prayer partners. And we have class next month, February 12th and 26th. Uh, and The invitation is, as I said, if you haven't read Unveiled Mysteries, to read it. It's in your bookstore. I did post the bookstore in your Facebook group. And it's also in the Year 3 bookstore. I don't quite have the Ascension Pathway bookstore on the Ascension Pathway site yet. And I'm inviting you to continue reading in Pathway of Roses. So you could uh, read through Chapter 9 in Pathway of Roses. And so uh, a reminder that next week there is no Ascension Pathway class, but your community call will be at the same time, same bat channel, same bat time, and then uh, on the 12th, we have class. On the 19th, there's a community call. On the 26th of February, there's a class. So that's how the schedule goes. And as many of you have been showing up in the year three community call, that's wonderful. I totally support that. And I'm grateful. So I'm also going to be sending you this uh, meditation from Unveiled Mysteries. And uh, I invite you to please start working with that. It's a very simple 15-minute meditation that you can do morning and evening or whenever you like to do meditation. So any other questions before I close this out? All right, great. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude here together. So grateful and so thankful for the love that is, the love that we are, 
so grateful and so thankful to shine the light of love into our awareness, into our heart, into our mind, into every activity. So grateful to open ourselves to the free flow of divine goodness. So grateful to consciously choose to recognize our wholeness, our perfection, our resurrection. And we're calling it forth. We're calling forth this resurrection and ascension. Calling it forth for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters in this class, and for all beings who truly are on this path and are actively choosing that resurrection and ascension. May all beings be lifted into an awareness of the truth that sets them free. So grateful and so thankful to go forth and multiply the consciousness of good. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. And this week, the song I'm sharing is, uh, as you, you know, it's one of my all-time favorites. It's My Soul Sings Out by Susan J. Paul. God bless you. I love you. My soul sings out to you, my love. My soul sings out to you, yeah. My soul sings out to you.
सो